be strong and courageous. Anywhere you see a gap between what you think might be possible and what is, that's an opportunity for an entrepreneur to dive in. There are ways to succeed. There are models in entrepreneurship investing. There are people who have found a path before to dream about like, what are the talents that you have? And what are the things that make you come alive? That there's actually a generation of warrior entrepreneurs, people that are willing to stand up, to do the hard work, to start a thing, to see a thing through. Here's our mission, and we're going to take a step forward, just one foot in front of the other, and we're going to build something great. We can make a difference. Let's do this in our lifetime. Let's see how much positive change we can drive. Welcome to another episode of Take Your Mountain Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Weimer, and we have the pleasure to have my dad in here for session two, uh, sharing a little bit more of our story, how we got to where we're at today. Um, so welcome again, dad. All right. Uh, well, today we wanted to dive in a little bit more. We spent a, a little bit more time on my dad's past, his history, kind of how he thought about purpose and work and how he found the blend together. Today, we wanted to dive into a little bit more on the, the nuts and bolts of our investing, our um, business partnership, ultimately what became a partnership together, and um, kind of where we started leading into uh, where we got today, talking about the, 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 um, the, the errors, the mistakes, the different things, and also the successes we've had. So yeah. um, I thought a good place to be start is kind of maybe share, going back to even high school with your... Oppenheimer fund advisor. Let me share a little bit about your experience investing early on. Yeah. When you're talking about your, when you were in oh, high sorry, school. My, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my high school. high school. Okay. Yeah. I, the nineties for reference. Uh, most of my career, um, uh, I didn't have much money to worry about. So I just had my 401k and, and kind of normal did all the normal, did your, the normal 3% stuff. or 4% yeah, or whatever the heck and, it was. And I invested in, you know, they would have these funds, the 20, the 2030 fund or whatever. So even back then they had the, yeah. the time frame yeah, funds. Yeah. yeah. And so I did that type of thing, um, for a number of years. And, uh, but it, at some point we had, uh, a liquidity event. I think I mentioned in the first podcast, we had a couple of different, uh, events where Just, I did receive some extraordinary money from yeah for us for us uh, and so it, at that point I was just looking at you know what do I do with this and um, and one of the things we were able to arrange my 401k where I could control where the mo where the money was being uh, allocated and so I was able to move uh, you know, my, uh, basically most of my 401k to uh, a stockbroker. Um, and we, we chose, uh, you know, I, well, I won't mention names, but, uh, we chose a stockbroker in New York. A guy contacted me cause he saw that I was one of the principals in this business. And uh, I was mentioned in the sec filings. This is like a little bit later, but like in, in high school, can you describe, well, when I was in high school, before some of this stuff, what was your performance like? Uh, this was like during the roaring 90s, right? Like the 95 to 99 for Yeah, for I mean, reference. before I did, I, I really didn't even pay attention. You know? Okay. Like I, so it's like money in there. I, I'm an engineer. 
I really, um, you know, it was like, yeah, investing was not something that I found interesting or fun or whatever. And so I, I just, I did something that I thought was good and what, you know, what you were, it was suggested yeah. that you do this. Well, and, it's funny. Well, maybe I remember it uh, a little bit more different. Um, I was just, just a high school at the time, but I just remember, you know, you open up your statement and kind of like this, oh yeah, you know, if the market was up at the time, you know, 11, 15, 22%, it seemed like that it, it wasn't an area that you were feeling victorious in. That no. was the general uh, <laughs> thing I got. And, and knowing a little bit now, if you did really were in the 2030 fund or whatever it was, what ends up happening is they'll put you into some stocks. So you, you would get some participation in all that growth, but then they inevitably put in some bonds or some other thing. And that tends to salt, you know, bring the weighted average. Well, down. it, it, it uh, dumbs down the portfolio. You, you are protected from, from volatility, from the volatility of being in the market, you know, like S and P 500. And, um, and so it, it, you're, you, the, the highs of the market, you don't get those highs and the lows, you don't get those lows either. But well, I was going to say, it seemed like you, you lagged the highs, yeah. but when the whole thing took a dump in yeah. 2000, 2001, yeah. Yeah. you matched those pretty yeah. well, right? Well, and, and a lot of that was true. You tended to uh, definitely not get the highs and, and the low, when you had a serious, you know, negative event, you experienced a good portion of that. Yeah. Um, and so it was uh, frustrating, but I, I personally just also on the back burner. Yeah. Kind I didn't, of I didn't put much effort focused into on your day to day. And so, yeah, fast forward a little bit. Um, you had an employee stock ownership plan. So you had a sliver of the company company was bought by private equity. So then they were taken public, uh, then, then eventually they were bought by a larger company. So there was a couple of, uh, liquidity events in there, right? Where you had to, yeah. And I was also given an opportunity to purchase stock in the company. So I had else. some stock in sure. ESOP and some stock yeah. that I was able to purchase, uh, myself. So you're able to invest in basically the vehicle that you were working for, um, which is unique and it was a high growth vehicle and that, that started to pay off, um, give me a first indication that in order to outperform, you needed to concentrate a little bit in a private asset, what it ended up being. But as you started to have liquidity for the first time, can you walk us through kind of your thought process on like, uh, you went from basically being a very passive, hey, I'm gonna follow, paint by the numbers, follow the rules, put this aside to actually having some meaningful amount of money and having to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, previously I wasn't, that uh concerned about it because it wasn't a lot it wasn't of money. very much money it wasn't very much money um and you know at a at a point there it uh it was definitely you know quite a bit of money uh certainly in my world and uh and i felt like you know, initially when it first happened my 401k did not allow you to take your money out and use it uh sure it's like uh it's captive until you have yeah. some sort of um, restructure of the, the legal entity. That's right. And they actually changed the rules. They went through the process of changing the rules so that I could 
then have the freedom to put it into a trading account and control Basically, it myself. Probably was a rollover to an IRA or something. No, uh, it actually st still was in the 401k. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it, it allowed you to uh, move it to the trading account, which it was still uh, planned money. You know, okay. it was still, it was a 401, uh, it was a trading account that sure. is a plan money, but I was able to then allow it to be controlled by, uh, I decided, you know, I was contacted by a stockbroker on New York. Well, actually, before you go there, actually, I want to hear some of the private deals you did. That, that was a little bit after that, but so you had some money. Well, yeah, as soon as, as soon as I, uh, uh, the SEC filings for our company as soon as those things were published publicly i got contacted by uh people who were yeah immediately the uh, raise money the uh well there's two there's a traditional guy that contacted you from the wall you call him the you know the your wall street broker mm -hmm. but there's also these private broker dealers right um that have kind of one-off deals maybe share just pick one example and share yeah. kind of so, your experience yeah, one of them was uh, was a product for uh, security at your home, and they were trying to take, you know, the model of uh, the big companies that you know come out and give you a an expensive system that they charge you monthly for, and they were making a product that would sit in your house, and it would also uh, contact a calling place and and. Uh, alert people and call the police automatically and, and so forth. But so this is kind was, of a tech play going off of traditional security services, right. modernizing it using right. uh, modern technology, a cheap device you could bring in your house, right. but still a subscription. Right. And, it, and this was a startup, you know, and so yep. it was, you know, it seemed like, you know, I'm a technology guy. I felt like the product and the, uh, the, the person who was, was the president of that company was very uh, entrepreneurial and everything, and so had the credentials had, had the, yeah, had the and they had made a lot of progress and done a lot of good things, and so I felt like okay, well, this is good, and uh, I actually invested a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in a this lot. thing. It's all relative. Which, that, was a, that was a lot. That was a, a good chunk of money, and uh, and. It was a, a definite learning experience because over the course of uh, the next few years, it, you know, the company basically uh, went defunct. Mm -hmm. And so my, every dollar I put in, I lost. So <laughs> I remember I was actually just getting out of college about that time. And, you know, I'm, I'm, um, not just casually interested. I'm just, I'm, you were largely making these decisions and, um, I'm just observing and learning what, one of the things I learned, uh, with these private deals is there's never a single private deal that doesn't look good on paper, right? You got some spreadsheet artist that comes in and it's the hockey stick grow. I mean, I haven't seen a single pitch that doesn't have that hockey. Oh, if we only did X, Y, Z, um, and it's very impressive. It's easy to look at the material and be like, wow, how, how could anyone possibly put all this time and effort into this endeavor and have it not, you know, have a really good chance right. of success?
Thank you.